Welcome to the Inquisitive Tourist. My name is Nate Ralph and thank you for joining me. Today's episode is all about love. What happens when two people from different ends of the earth happen to be in the same place at the same time and end up falling in love? My guest today is Nathan Ponce from San Diego, California. Nathan, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Nate, for having me. It's a pleasure to be be on with you. Thank you very much for joining me. Now, right now, you're in San Diego. I'm in London. There's a, a time difference between us. So what, what time is it for you, Nathan? Currently, it is 11.37 p.m. Fantastic. Yeah, and it's, it's quite early in the morning for me. I was up at, at about six today, so uh, hopefully my brain fog will leave me and we can have a good conversation. So could you tell us a little bit about yourself? As you said, my name is Nathan. Uh, it's born and raised here in San Diego, California. Beautiful city. Uh, love it. Um, absolutely enjoy every moment of being here. The weather's fantastic. It's what it's often uh, known for here in the States. It's uh, regarded as uh, America's finest city. Absolutely. And, uh, definitely feel that way. Yeah, no, I mean, I know, uh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry to interrupt you there. I, I know I've, I've been there just the once and it, it's almost like eternal spring, isn't it? It's, it's not too hot, not too cold. Absolutely. It's, it's gorgeous. I mean, we have, uh, you know, we have Fahrenheit, so it'd be a little different there in terms of uh, the, the change, the talking about the, the temperature, but it ranges from about 60 to, to 80, uh, pretty much all year, yeah, year that, round. That's gorgeous. So, yeah. No, that's 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 the temperature I like. That's the temperature I like for sure. Now, what I wanted to to talk to you about today was this uh, beautiful love story of yours. Um, I believe it happened in around the year 2015. You went to the Dominican Republic for a long trip uh, and also some humanitarian work. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, that's correct. So, I went to the DR, uh, the Dominican Republic, in September 2015, and uh, I was. You know, obviously, tremendously excited about the trip. I was heading out there to do some humanitarian work, uh, specifically with the actually the Haitian Creole population. Mm. So it was it was fantastic. Uh, got a chance to uh, load up my bags, just a lot of school supplies, and toys, and things like that, and kind of just little things here and there that, that the people would really appreciate and, and need. Uh, the Dominican Republic, as, as well as Haiti, together they. Uh, they share the island, and uh, it, it was an awesome opportunity to be able to give a little bit mm. to the to the people there, and just absolutely enjoyed it. My intention was to go for a year, wow. but as uh, as you mentioned, you know, there's a love story uh, coming to be from that point on, and uh, so I all in all in all, I ended up staying just just a little under eight months. Still a long time. Yeah, quite a bit. Now, you, you mentioned that Dominican Republic and Haiti share uh, an island. I think it's, it's called Hispaniola, isn't it? Yeah, that's correct. And when you said, you know, you were helping the, the Haitians, which part of the island was that, if I can ask? So I was living in the, the north coast, uh, just east of Puerto Plata, which is the big city. Mm. That's where everybody flies into. That's kind of in that area. The little town I was living in specifically was called Sosua. Sosua, on, on the north yes, coast, sir. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. The North Coast. And I believe that's where you and I met. Yes, Sosua. I believe so. Sosua. Fantastic. Because I think we had a mutual friend. And then when I went out there, I didn't basically know anyone there. Uh, and they were like, oh, you can stay with this guy called Nathan. And then obviously we, we stayed together for some weeks as well. And, and obviously around that same time, 
that's when you met the special someone. So a girl called Kathy, uh, she was from Austria, who happened to be there at the same time as all of us. So, you know, what happened there? Well, that's a, it's a crazy story. So I should preface it by saying that uh, I was there for a month or so before she got there. So what, uh, what was going on was one of my favorite things, and I'm, I'm going to gush about the Dominican Republic, but one of my favorite things about the Dominican Republic was uh, the, the way of life, you know? Mm. Um, Costa Rica is known for their, their, their motto, Pura Vida. Well, the Dominican Republic is pretty close. Everything's about just having a pure life, just enjoying life and, and everything that it, that it involves. And uh, one of the things I really appreciated was just being able to go to the beach and enjoy, enjoy the, you know, the food and the, the drink, the atmosphere. Mm. And so what happened was every Monday, I was regularly going to the town uh, just east of Sosua, a little town called Cavarete. Mm. And uh, we were we were enjoying playing volleyball. So the kind of the, the the itinerary was was this: we would play volleyball from about noon till about four p.m. And uh, just after that, the right next to where we were playing the beach volleyball, there was a couple places that had a happy hour that would start, and they would offer some awesome mojitos, <laughs> so, coconut mojitos. Oh man! So just to get that right, this is a Monday afternoon, and you'd be having mojitos at the beach. Oh man, you, you, you were exhausted. You played for four hours straight volleyball. Some guys, you know, they'd show up a little early if you're extra competitive, you know, and you go over there and play a little two on two, three on three. Mm. And, uh, you know, you're, uh, you're balling out and yeah, afterwards, you don't, you obviously you're thirsty. What are you going to do? You know, drink something. So you can drink some mojitos. Of course. We're going to do it there in the Dominican Republic. Absolutely. So. Well, it's a lot more hydrating than water is, isn't it? Exactly. So <laughs> it was on one of these. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just going to say, hopefully no uh, medical doctors are listening to this because they might refute that. But uh... <laughs> uh, well, I'll, I'll challenge them on it. Happ- you know, no, happily so. Absolutely. So Monday afternoons, you were going down to Cabarete uh, exactly. from Sosua, which is like, is that like a 20 minute motor, motor ride cycle? Something like that? Well, it's about a, yeah, about a 15, 20 minute. I mean, one of the first things I did when I moved there was uh, I bought... Uh, a nice little motorcycle. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can zip around on those little things. You just got to be careful with the potholes. Potholes everywhere. There are. You know, I remember but, those uh, as well. It actually made it a little interesting, a little fun, the, the little journey out there. You know, sounds but, awesome. um, so yeah, it was, uh, it was a Monday. And, uh, what happened was, you know, you know, people from all sorts of walks of life out there hanging out, enjoying, you know, the food and drink and volleyball. And, and I was always, really, you know, playing hard and everything like that. And, and what can I say? I, I couldn't ignore the people, of course, as well. Beautiful people all over the place. And, mm. and uh, I, I, you know, I see this girl. She's a beautiful, tall, light, light-skinned, uh, fair-skinned girl. And, and I'm like, man, see her playing volleyball? And I'm like, wow. I want her on my team. And <laughs> was that because of her height? Because she, but correct me if I'm wrong. She was she's six foot one. She's a she's about six foot exactly. Okay. We just uh, not that long ago got her measured, and yeah, so she's six six exactly. And I like to keep her in the, that that range. You know, I don't want I don't want to give her too much because I'm I'm not exactly the tallest guy. So how, how tall are you, Nathan? I'm five five. So, so five feet five inches. Yeah. So, so wait a minute. Wait a minute. So you're five foot five, and your wife, she's now your wife, is six foot. Yes, sir. 
Wow. Did you hear that, guys? <laughs> five foot five and six foot. That is absolutely, I, I love that. That's just fantastic. And you said that she's this tall, light-skinned uh, lady. Your, yes. what, what is your background? Could you tell us about your background? So, like I said, I was born in San Diego. Uh, my mom, she was born in Texas. Both her parents um, emigrated to the United States when she was about one. So that's the reason why she was kind of born in Texas. She was passing through Texas and uh, her family eventually settled here in San Diego. So they're Mexican descent. My okay. dad was born and raised in, uh, in Guayaquil, Ecuador. So he, um. was, he was born there, kind of grew up there, did a little bit of middle school in San Diego. Um, his mom had a, she had a house here in San Diego. So they would actually come out here for a little, for a time and kind of go back and forth, you know, Ah, that's awesome. So, so, so basically, you're half Ecuadorian, half Mexican. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. That's that's fantastic. So, really rich culture. So, I mean, out of interest, just on a side point, how does that culture? Obviously, it's Spanish speaking, but when you were in Dominican Republic, another Spanish speak, uh, speaking country, how, how how does your you know the two cultures compare? If I can ask that question. Well, man, let me tell you this: I speak Spanish, but Dominican Spanish is a whole another animal. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. It is. Like I could understand maybe, maybe 50%, Uh you know, on a, on a good day. On a good day. And, uh, (laughs) what, yeah, go ahead. No, I I do remember, uh, because my Spanish is quite limited, but one basic phrase, which many people know is, you know, que tal or como estas. But I I do remember the, the Dominicans, uh, saying como tu ta, you know, they, 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 they would drop certain uh, parts of the words to, to make it a bit shorter. Yeah. Or I think some people called it lazy Spanish, but I, I found it quite <laughs> funny because to me it's, it's not the same, you know, because I, my Spanish is quite limited. Um, oh, absolutely. But for you, it must have been quite a, funny. Even a trip to the barbershop out there was just an, an enjoyable experience hearing them converse with me, you know. Mm. So I loved it. I loved uh, every, meeting everybody. I loved the Dominican culture, the people. You know, even the food, mm. really nice. Um, so many beautiful, uh, humble people, they really. Are. Yeah. No, that, yeah. that was my experience as well. You mentioned the food as well. Um, what, yeah. what were your favorite dishes out there when you were in the DR? Oh, man, I just, a little bit of everything. I mean, everything you got to enjoy. I think in part because I was in a tourist town, we got a chance to see a little bit of uh, almost a Caribbean, you know, they're, they're a little spin on different things. So it was, it was beautiful to some of their chicken dishes. Mm. Obviously, they have the, the, the beans and the rice that are just awesome. Yeah, that's and like their, a staple, their grilled chicken. Mm. Their grilled chicken is such a, such a staple for them. Mm. Uh, love that. But, I mean, just the plantains. And, uh, like I said, any, everything, everything coconut related is, is fantastic. All the different drinks they would make from their, from their island fruits. Mm. It was just fantastic. And, of course, it's all fresh, isn't it? Because, you know, you're, you're living that island life. A lot of these ingredients are, are fresh, unlike uh, the ingredients Absolutely. we might get, say, for example, here in London or for you in, in San Diego. It's harder to get those fresh ingredients, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. No, that's, that's beautiful. So it sounds to me like you really enjoyed your time in the DR. Obviously, you were doing uh, humanitarian work. You were out there, I think right. you said for eight months, but but you just enjoyed your time there, whether it was being on the beach on a Monday, you know, you were having cocktails, oh, yeah. playing volleyball, having good food, sure. having your hair cut. You know, you were, you were living the life out there, right? Oh, absolutely. I loved it. I got a chance to explore some of the inner parts of the island. Got a chance to go up to the mountains, to Harabacoa, mm. do some hiking out there, do some horseback riding. Wow. We went in, uh, 
and checked out a few waterfalls. And the, the, I mean, the great thing was, like I said, it was a month in that I, that I met uh, Kathy. Her full name is Katharina, by the way. I don't for all those listening, you know, she's uh, she's from Vienna, Austria. But yeah, I met her a, a month in and um, so thankful because almost immediately she became one of my best friends, if not my best friend out there. And uh, it was awesome to be able to go on a lot of those trips, a lot of those different uh, different things to do. You know, we enjoyed them together. We did a uh, quite a few. And of course, I can't I can't leave out. We did dan- dancing, man. The dancing in the Dominican Republic. Oh, absolutely! The bachata, we had a great time. The, the bachata. bachata, merengue, salsa, mm. everything you can think of. Absolutely, and I love dancing. Yeah, and, and I so you remember she, that. Right? I do remember. <laughs> oh yeah, that, she yeah. loved it. She loves it as well. Yeah. So again, how, I mean, she loves yeah, it. Yeah. How, how does that work? Obviously, doing the bachata, the merengue, the, the salsa. You work? know, again, five foot five, <laughs> six foot. Like, were were there any logistical t- differences there? Or? Well, let me tell you something. Let me let me let me explain. You know, to all those maybe wondering a little bit how it works. Go ahead, man. So before I was in the Dominican Republic, I lived in New York for two years. And in New York, obviously, also beautiful people, wonderful, you know, and from all different walks of life. But I, I was, I hung out a lot with uh, a lot of the different Hispanic cultures, you know, the, the Cubans, the Puerto Ricans, the Salvadorians, uh, you know, everybody, just everybody, a lot of Ecuadorians out there. Uh, just the Dominicans, obviously, and uh, yeah, I love to dance. I've always loved to dance. Growing up, I was I was pretty shy, but when I was about 15 years old, I went up to a wedding in Canada, and uh, it was a kind of a, a far off relative, not nobody too close. But um, I my one of my aunts was there, who was who was uh, probably about five years older than me, and I, you know she was like there, and she's like, hey, you want to dance? And I was like, man, I don't, I don't know how to dance. I don't. I don't know anything about this. I'd love to learn, but I'll, she's like, "Well, who do you know here? Who who's at the wedding?" I mean, obviously, it's, it's this long, you know, long lost uncle. Nobody knows. Most of the people there, I didn't know. So she says, "Now is the time. Let's learn. Let's let's, let's show you." So she like she got me going. She's you know, we started dancing a little bit, and uh, man, I loved it. It was fantastic, and loved. It. She taught me a couple of little basic spins, you know, salsa. I think it was, mm. and I loved it. How, so how- there. How old were you at that at that point, Nathan? Oh, I was I was like fourteen, fifteen years old, maybe. Okay. And uh, yeah, like a shy kid, you know, most most guys, fifteen years old, and a uh, little bit of wallflower at the time. But um, no, she, once she taught me, you know, I kind of became a little obsessed with it. Almost go on YouTube and learn little basic steps. In San Diego, it's it's popular dancing, but it's not like it's not that popular to do a lot of the caribbean dances a lot of the um the tropical dances of what mm. they call them the merengue and salsa and bachata well, why but is I, that? those are the, those are really the ones i fell in love with I, mean, I think it's just kind of the the demographic here in san diego we got a lot of mexican a lot of uh different uh yeah some south american but not a lot of caribbean to be honest i don't know why i think a lot of maybe some of it has to do with humidity they they like the humidity of florida some of the east coast New York, obviously, but San Diego is kind of a, a desert climate almost in terms of the humidity. Mm. So beautiful weather, but uh, not not a high humid location. So Okay. So you, you got into your dancing at around the age of 15. So you gained a lot yeah. of this confidence. So, you know, you said that Kathy, you know, enjoyed dancing as well. So when you were in the Dominican Republic after that, you know, you said you'd been there for a month. 
did you start dancing with her pretty much immediately or was that only later on in, in the trip? No, yeah, definitely. I mean, I guess the point I was trying to bring up about New York was that I got a chance to dance with with all kinds of girls from all kinds of different cultures and everything like that. And I didn't shy, you know, I didn't shy away from, from anybody. So if I saw a girl who was, you know, six feet tall, it didn't matter to me. You know, if anything, <laughs> if that. anything, it, it was a, a great opportunity because Absolutely. a lot of the guys were intimidated. Yep. So yep. I'd, I'd go over there and walk up to the girl and say, Hey, do you want to dance? And you know, she said, yes. Awesome. Great. And we'll, we'll dance. And what it was is I learned, I knew that, a lot of those girls were, were not being asked to dance as often. So I learned some moves that were specific to tall girls. Fantastic. And I think that was maybe the key. Mm. I think that was it. Mm. So I learned some moves that I could only do with the tall girls. And I, and I specifically only you know, tried even to do, do them with the tall girls because it was a little tricky with some of the shorter girls. I mean, I love to dance with shorter girls too, obviously. But, uh, <laughs> so if there's any shorter girls everybody. listening, don't be offended. You ever come no, across no, no. He's a married man now anyway, but he'll still dance yeah. with you, right? <laughs> no, exactly. Out of interest, Nathan, so, you, you said uh, certain moves specific to, to tall girls. Could I just ask you what one of those moves might have been? I mean, is there any way that you could explain that to us? Oh, well, man. It's kind of hard to see just over audio, but um, oh, just a lot of spin moves, a lot of tip. Uh, I mean, how am I supposed to explain it? <laughs> So just, I don't, I don't even know the terms for them. A lot of it, you just don't, you, you learn them, maybe like the technical terms and everything like that. It's not like, not like I took classes, but you learn some of the terms. Mm. But uh, at the end of the day, it's a lot of it's just feeling the music, feeling the rhythm, the beat. And uh, a lot of it is feeling your partner, feeling out how, you know, how they react to certain things, what they enjoy. And most of the time they loved dancing with me. So Mm, yeah. I mean, obviously, because I'm assuming there's a lower center of, of gravity with yourself. So in a sense, if you're holding the lady uh, when you're doing these moves, it might be easier to spin them from, correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of the spins come from the from the torso, from the middle, like when you're holding the, the girl, or am I wrong there? Well, a lot of them start off there, but uh, I mean, a lot of the actual spin, a lot of it depends on flexibility of the dance partner. And you feel the girl, you know, as you're dancing with her, mm. um, I should be careful there. Uh, I didn't mean literally feel the girl. <laughs> that, that's that's fine. I, th- I think we uh, we hopefully understand. Uh, if okay. there are any under 18s listening to this, please uh, please do get parental supervision. I don't know. You, you get a good sense is a better way of saying it. You get a good sense for you know a girl and the way she moves and everything like that. Mm. And um, yeah, I mean, so what it is is a lot of tall girls. They have longer arms. It's just obviously of course goes, you know part of the. The equation there and so with their longer arms they allow you more opportunity to to do certain things mm-hmm. so yeah i mean i loved loved dancing with tall girls and and i had a many opportunities to dance with a lot of them and and every once in a while i mean obviously it's it's the reality of the way things are some girls would be like ah, no i'm good i don't want to dance with you you know stereotypically most girls do look for tall guys and they're attracted to tall guys but once they see me dancing with another tall girl yeah then they're a little bit more at ease you know they're like oh oh, all right i see what it is yeah first first they're shocked that you know hispanic mexican you know ecuadorian guy dances like that but then they're like okay i respect and then next time i ask them they'll they'll usually be like Let's do it. Let's, yeah, let's, let's dance. Let's give this a go. Well, I know that a lot of the, the listeners uh, to this show are quite avid and keen dancers. So I think some people are going to uh, enjoy 
this. I mean, obviously, it's a love story primarily, but uh, it's nice that we've been able to spend a bit of time talking about, you know, the bachata, the, the salsa and merengue that, that you do. Yeah. Um, and, and obviously, that's, that is something that brought you and Kathy together because you've both got that, that, that desire. And, 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 and yeah. to be honest, that skill. She loved that, dancing too. She yeah. Did. yeah I, I remember a few times watching you guys dance and, and I could see that fluidity uh, between oh, you. Out of interest, Nathan, so obviously going back more to the love story now, I mean, how long was it? You said that, you know, you met and you quickly became good friends. In fact, she quickly became your best friend. But how long yeah. was it until you actually knew, hey, this is going somewhere? Well, I think what it was is uh, her roommate there in the Dominican Republic, she was dating. So once we, me and Kathy had established that we were close friends and we, we enjoyed hanging out, we'd, I'd have her over to you know, my apartment and do some cooking and playing some cards. I had a roommate at the time. So we would all hang out there together. And then um, a couple, couple doors down, we made some other friends there. So we all enjoyed playing cards and stuff. And we just would, you know, whenever her roommate would be like, Hey, I'm going to Skype or whatever with my boyfriend. I would tell her, Hey, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to be there hanging out in the background. Just come on over, come, come over and watch a movie or go, go into the pool, go for a swim, go to the beach. You know, we'll go down to one of the, the local little uh, shops or whatever it is, you know, enjoyed some of the, the drinks and everything like that. So we, we ended up just hanging out nonstop at a certain point. And I think, I think what it was is at a certain point, uh, she she kind of you know she had other friends too, and and they're in the in the island, and she would go and hang out with somebody else that would invite her, and I started to realize, man, I'm, um, I don't I don't want her to be with anybody else. I kind of want to just have her you know hanging out with me, and I realized there you know there were some feelings hmm. starting to develop there, catching some strong feelings quite quite soon yeah. by the sounds of it, yeah, and then. One, on one specific occasion, I don't even remember what it was about. We had a little argument, disagreement about something, and she was like, "You know what? You know, I'm, I'm not even gonna, I'm not gonna deal with this." And she just took off, you know, went back to her apartment, whatever it was. And I was like, a little, little butthurt, you know, about it. And uh, and you know what? That was the moment I knew then and there. I'm like, you know, I'm crazy about this girl. This girl's awesome. She, she's a she's a great girl. Mm. She's she's everything I've ever wanted. I, not that I was specifically looking for a six foot Austrian girl, but um, no, no, she was. Her, that would be very, very specific. Um, no, she was everything I wanted. She was just, she's an awesome girl, beautiful, smart, funny, witty, uh, just the right amount of spiciness, you know. And um, she really complimented me well. We had we had a similar interest uh, base, but she also what she differed with me was exactly what I was hoping she would differ with me. So she's, I'm a very open-ended type person, for example, I'm not good at scheduling. I'm not good at, you know, writing things down and following a plan. And she's very logical, probably due to her, where she grew up and, you know, her surroundings and everything like that, Austria and and Germany being her neighbors and cousins, so to speak. So they're very, um, they're very specific and they're very logical and, mm. you know, mm. so the way she, the way she thought was almost a compliment to me. It challenged me in certain aspects and it, it really helped me to, to balance myself out, my, my personality, the way I am. And she, she, she just became what you ideally should be looking for in a person, uh, the perfect compliment. Mm. 
Mm. No, that's, that, I mean, that sounds very beautiful and very romantic. And in a way, it's a nice segue into asking you about the cultural differences because, you know, you, you spoke about the way that you complement uh, each other. And I, I know from experience, uh, I've got some German background myself. I mean, I've got a very mixed background, but there is, I think my, um, well, I don't think I know that my, my grandfather was uh, from Berlin. He, he was uh, predominantly German. And even though I never got to meet him, uh, I, I'm quite familiar with the, the Germanic way of thinking. And obviously, like you say, Austria is a, a German speaking country, isn't it? So being yeah. next door as well, I can imagine that the 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 cultural bleed, so to speak, or the way of thinking is very similar between those two countries. And obviously you said that you're from this sort of more chilled out background in San Diego, uh, Spanish background. So I, I can see how they're quite different cultures. And, and again, the segue that I'd like to now go into is speaking about those cultural differences. We've already you know ascertained how different you are in those respects in the way that you think, for example. So now add to that a third culture. You know, you've got Californian boy uh, with a Ecuadorian Mexican background in the Dominican Republic who meets an Austrian girl. Yeah, so you've got the, the the California versus Austrian versus Dominican Republic. All these three cultures coming together. How how did that work? Oh, uh, it was it was challenging in some ways, but I think all in all, it actually maybe helped that we were in the Dominican Republic because we got to see each other almost in a, in a neutral, you know, neutral base, neutral. Uh, surroundings and everything like that. I got a chance to to get to know her without any side influence, so to speak. Mm. I don't know if that makes sense. So in terms of, I, I had traveled a lot before the Dominican. I'd been around, you know, different parts of Europe. So I was familiar with the, the beauty in different cultures. Yes. And um, I think that helped. I wasn't going into any kind of relationship uh, ship expecting anything i wasn't expecting uh anything specific out of her that i that i didn't you know that she couldn't provide so i think i think it also helps maybe on my end I, i'm a like you said i'm californian born and raised and it's true a lot of what they you know people say tend to be a little more on the relaxed side a little more chill kind of go with the flow and um yeah i mean it was really easy everything just was easy when it came to that. Mm, nice, it wasn't. Nice. Sounds yeah, it wasn't nice. too bad. Wait, when you I say think that, the, the it started side... to get a little more complicated when we met, when the families started to meet and everything like that. When it came to the, the actual traveling to and and from San Diego, Austria, you know, wherever we would be. When you know, we went to New York together and we did a few different trips, and then things started kind of, you know, getting more diverse when it came to that i can imagine just going back to the, the the part where you're still in dominican republic together for these eight months but i believe it was seven months wasn't it because she you said that you met her one month into your trip right. you know you exactly. were saying that you you it was a benefit in a way that you could get to know her without these side influences i think i know what you mean but could you just extrapolate what it is that you're referring to when you say that well i think a lot of it a lot of it is you know you want to you want to get to know somebody and not sometimes the best way to get to know somebody is just to get to know them on their own, get to know them without hearing from other people, mm. what, how, what their perspective is on that person. Mm, mm. So that's very interesting. It, you know, it, it varies 
everybody's case is different. Obviously, some people, they, they, they grew up in the same town, their high school sweethearts or whatever the case, they fall in love and their friends, you know, are, are each other's friends, so to speak, they're growing up. Mm. But in my case, for sure, you know, I didn't know anybody that she knew, you know, until we were there in the Dominican Republic, but going before that. So it's not like I really had like, hey, I go talk to somebody. Hey, what, what do you know about this girl? Mm-hmm. It wasn't anything like that. T- totally Everything, blank canvas, right? Oh, absolutely. It, it, and it was nice. It was, it was great getting to know somebody for, for the way they wanted to present themselves. Mm. I think that's nice because so many of us, like, like you said, we grow up in a certain country or, or city and many people end up living in the, in the same city or close by to that, you know, to that city where they were born for, for essentially most of their life, um, which is fine. There, there's nothing necessarily wrong with doing that. But like you say, there's always people that have a, a, a preconceived um, perception as to who you are. And, and, and it can be quite annoying, can't it? Because, you know, we all change. People change uh, year on year, really, and depending on the, the, yeah. the things that you go That's through it. in life. And like you said, if yep. you did ask 10 people, hey, what do you know about Kathy? You might have got 10 different answers. And exactly. some of them you might not have even liked. But because you got to know her yourself in a neutral exactly. place such as the DR, from a blank canvas, you were able to see into her heart and, and you were able to see, hey, no, this is who I, I believe this girl is. And clearly she spoke right. directly to, to your heart and you did that for her as well. Exactly. You got it. No, no, that's lovely. I mean, what, what do they say? The re- reputation is one of the hardest things to, to, to build up and one of the easiest things to, to you know, damage. So it was going into it in a way where she didn't know anything about me. I didn't know anything about her. Not that we had bad reputations, but it was just awesome to be able to get to know each other that way. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's not like you were running away from a bad reputation in San Diego and Kathy from uh, Vienna in Austria. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, that's, that's good stuff. So, okay. So, you know, you, there you are in the Dominican Republic, you know, three or four months in, were, were you, were the feelings getting quite intense by this stage? Because obviously, you know, the trip was not going to last forever. So was it, at what point was it playing on your mind? Like, Hey, we're, we're on this beautiful paradisaic island. We're both involved in humanitarian work. We're basically falling in love uh, with each other. We're, we're spending time at the beach. We're playing volleyball. We're having cocktails on a Monday. You know, that, that's just a beautiful love story that most people would love to have. Um, you know, and, and uh, like I said, you're doing this humanitarian work that's bringing you together. So, I mean, that's just amazing, really. Um, you know, you don't obviously have to work when you're out there. So you've got all the time in the week to, to enjoy together and enjoying the sun and you're on that sort of vacation mode. And of course you're meeting other people at the same time, which enriches right. our lives because I know you're a, a big traveler in, in, in general. Um, right. And we all know how nice that feeling is to, to continually meet new people. And uh, it, it just really uh, is, it's a beautiful experience. Um, so at what point did it start dawning on you? Hey, this trip is going to come to an end at some point and she lives in Austria and I live in California and Hey, what the heck am I going to do about this? Well, here's kind of how it went down. So I think it was about three months in where she tells me, you know, we're already friends at that point and uh, three months into knowing each other. Right. And she tells me, Hey, you know, I got a friend, uh, a guy friend that's coming out to visit uh, to the Dominican Republic, you know, and I'm like, oh, you know, peaked, obviously at that point, piqued my interest. So I was already starting to, to get a little little feelings going on and stuff. But And so my ears perked up, guy friend, uh-oh, danger. Yeah. <laughs> and um, 
and I tell her, okay, cool. So that's awesome. Yeah. And she says, Hey, you, would you mind if he, if he stayed with you? And I was like, you know, I don't got a roommate, no problem. Why not? So he stays with me. And you know, the first thing in the back of my mind, I was thinking, why is this guy traveling the Dominican Republic? Either he also just really loves traveling, everything, taking out advantage of an opportunity to, you know, travel somewhere because he's got a, a contact at this point, or he's got side motives. So being uh, the inquisitive person that I am, I started asking her about it. And I said, you know, hey, so tell me about this guy. Is he uh, is he traveling here for you or is he just, you know, what is he what is he up to? And she said, oh, no, you know, he's just a friend. He doesn't have any interest in me. And in fact, uh, I met some of the, you know, some of the girls he was dating and this and that beforehand. And and uh, but I was still a little wary about it. So the guy comes. He stays with me. And almost right off the bat, I could tell. I'm like, nope, I got this guy red. He's he's here for her. He's here to to make a move. And uh, so he was there for about two weeks. And the second or the second to last day that he was there, he sure enough, he goes over there and he knocks on her apartment door and he says, "Hey, I'm here for you. Um, I have feelings for you, and and um." You know, I would love to, to pursue something if you wanna if you wanna kind of go forward with that. And granted, he's from the same same town. He grew up friends with her in the in uh, in Vienna. So, you know, he he kind of gives his little spiel and and uh, you know, I wasn't there. I'm not that creepy. I wasn't recording it or anything like that. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> that would be a bit but, strange. <laughs> but he goes off, and I don't know what you know what what really happens, but. Almost immediately afterwards, she comes over and she's like, hey, we need to talk. So I'm like, what's up? She's like, you were right. You called it. He, he, he is here for me. He, he just gave me you know, the, 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 the lowdown on, on the fact that he wants to, to kind of uh, pursue a relationship. And man, I thought to myself, this, this, this ain't happening. I got feelings for you. And this other guy is trying to, trying to make a move. Why am I not making the one making the move? I, I love the way that you say, "Hey, they, they, this ain't happening." I love that. I love that. So, <laughs> so we're talking. We're sitting there talking about the, this whole, laughing about the situation, and uh, and she's, you know, we're, we're just kind of kind of laughing about it. And like I said, at this point, already it was clear that she had feelings for me. I had feelings for her, mm-hmm. and I told her, "I'm like, so what'd you tell him?" She's and she's like, "Well, I said I'm on. I'm not interested." And I'm like, really? Why? Why'd you say that? I was like prodding her on a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, why'd you say that? I wanted to see if there was any kind of clue for me. She said, "Well, you know, I'm, I'm just not, I'm not interested in him." So I wanted to see. Uh, it, our personalities just would never have worked, and this and that. And I, I guess I took that as my my cue. And uh, yeah, I went in. I, I kissed her, right then Damn. and there, just like that. You, you didn't even just wait. like that. Wow. Just wow. like that, I said, "This, this, that—that that was my cue. She wants, she wants me." <laughs> that is fantastic, guys. For you uh, listening to this uh, podcast, who uh, next time you're in that kind of situation and, and you're just thinking, "Hey, like, you know, what's going on here? I like this girl. This this girl interests me." Just take the advice of Nathan Ponce. Yeah, go in for the kiss. Don't mess around. Yeah, I, I, I think that's awesome. Uh, do you know one thing I've realized as well is that very often it takes a third party to clarify what's going on. So th- whoever this guy was from Austria, uh, we won't name him, but in a funny kind of way, um, it clarified the situation between you guys. 
Uh, and and that that can often happen where, like you said, you can use it as a, as a almost like a, a chess piece, as a pawn, so to speak, and you can follow on to your next move. And say so. Well, if you're not interested in in him, why you know why is that? What is there someone else? And and like you said, you didn't even wait for a answer. You just went in for the kiss, and and that was that. So how how did she react? And then what conversation happened after that? Well, I, I got to be honest. As much as I, w- I would love to say she was she was head over heels and and ready for the kiss and everything like that, she actually jumped back a little bit. Okay. Okay. So how did you react to that? We just had a bit of a technical glitch there, but uh, Nathan Ponce is back. Um, so Nathan, we were speaking about uh, the fact that you kissed Kathy, but it, she she didn't actually react in the way that you expected. So could you speak us through her reaction? Yeah, I wanted to keep those uh, listening, you know, in wait, in suspense for the for the moment <laughs> it's to come. Been worth it. <laughs> so I, I kissed her. She, you know, she obviously at the moment enjoyed the kiss, but at the same time, I could see that it was working through her brain a little bit. Like what just what just happened? Like I said, she comes from a, a logical, almost background. So she she popped back a little bit and she looked at me and she, she says, why did you kiss me? And my heart just sank. You know, I was just like, what? Why did, why did I just kiss you? Did you not just feel the butterflies? Did you not feel the, the magic in the air? Did you not feel everything that I was feeling? And then she looks me in the eyes and she was like, yeah, I did, but I still don't fully understand and at that point i said forget it and i went in and kissed her again <laughs> <laughs> that is absolutely brilliant I, I said don't don't question this stuff when you when you feel this you just go with the moment you just what you feel is right it's more often than not it's right mm. and I, I kissed her again she kissed me back it, it was then it was the whole fireworks for her i mean i had it twice so i'm lucky but um <laughs> <laughs> no it was, it was great and at that moment forward she just she, uh, she just absolutely, you know, we were, we were all as close as can be. And, um, we started to really, our feelings, obviously at that point, we're starting to reach a new level. And, um, it didn't take long after that. It was maybe about a week where we said, um, you know, let, let's officially start dating. We got a chance to, um, to really enjoy some of the more romantic sides of, of being on a beautiful, as you called it, Parasaic Island yeah, absolutely. together. You know, we got a chance to go and and uh, go all out at some of these dinners. That's one of the nice things, too, you know, when you have a chance to visit somewhere like the Dominican Republic. There are so many beautiful places, resorts and restaurants overlooking the water. Mm. So our first date was um, in this little, little. Um, it was almost like a Russian uh, restaurant that was right over the water. You had a little private beach and uh, we both dressed up for it. We had a beautiful, huge seafood feast that we both enjoyed and we really just really enjoyed talking, getting to know each other a little further. And at that point, yeah, we, we, were, we were really head over heels for each other. Sounds beautiful. So obviously now, you know, your feelings have developed. You're now an item. Other people that you'd met on the island uh, engaging in humanitarian work obviously got to know that you were dating and so on. So as the right. trip now drew to a close, you know, you, you reached that eight-month limit, you know, speak us through the last sort of couple of weeks. Like what, what feelings were you and her experiencing and, and how did you decide you were going to stay in contact after the trip? You know, obviously after that point when you both had to leave the island. Well, we started officially dating. Uh, it was about three and a half months after meeting each other. 
So I was there for about four and a half months. So we still had a long time to where we were still on the island together. And like you said, a lot of the people that we had gotten to know at that point really saw our relationship continue to blossom in the, the following three months that we were there. But we did, we were aware that, um, that this was, you know, <laughs> as they say, a summer romance that was fated to end at a certain point. Not necessarily the romance, but the the way it was, you know, it, it was the moment there. We were not going to be able to be in the, on the Dominican Republic forever. Mm. So we, I had my plans from there. I was actually going to go to New York for a little bit and uh, do some more uh, work up there, uh, voluntary work. And she had plans with her roommate to go to New York um, also. And she was, she had a trip planned for two weeks, kind of on the, on the route back to, to Austria. She was going to go, her and her roommate were going to go there and spend two weeks and, and enjoy their time. So what ended up happening was we coordinated, we, since we both realized, Hey, we're both actually going the same uh, direction, just at different times. My, my, uh, my flight back wasn't scheduled for, for, for a little bit longer, but I just decided, you know what, um, this girl's is worth everything and more. So I'm just going to go ahead and and spend as much time as I could with her. And we ended up coordinating our dates so that we were flying to New York together. I, I postponed my plans that I had in New York for another time. And I ended up just enjoying those two weeks in a, in a, in a little bit of a vacation mode with her. You know, uh, we, we enjoyed the sights and I had lived there, as I said before, for two years. So I had a lot of friends there. So that was also a nice opportunity well to get a chance to, yeah, to get, get to, to see a lot of friends and introduce her and introduce her to a lot of, uh, you know, close, close friends of mine and everything like that. We got a chance to see a few shows. We went and saw Phantom of the Opera. We saw Finding Neverland while I was there. Um, I think we saw Les Mis while I was there a little bit off Broadway. But we really got a chance to enjoy ourselves. It's amazing how you went from that sort of paradisaic Dominican island life to right. New York, totally, you know, <laughs> could be more different. But, but in their own rights, they're both very romantic cities in, in their own right, aren't they? Oh, absolutely. Everywhere you go, there's beautiful things to see and enjoy. It's just a matter of having the right perspective. But um, New York is is full of different things to do in it. You know, we got a chance to do a little dancing out there, enjoy, like I said, everything uh, that was there was to see. We went shopping, obviously. And, of course, I spoiled her with everything I could <laughs> uh, shopping-wise. So. Yeah, no, that's nice. Yeah, it has to be. It's got to be done. So you know? after, you know, you've had the, the, the DR life, you've had, you, you were then in New York together. When the dust had finally settled and, you know, she was back in Austria in her hometown in Vienna and you were back in San Diego with, with uh, you know, childhood friends and your family and so on um for a period of those months how, how were you coping and how were you staying in contact uh, it was challenging to say the least i mean long distance dating for anybody who's ever done it um i'm sure they would agree with me in saying that it was not easy to date um especially with the time difference i mean san diego to to austria it's actually a nine hour time difference right so we've got depending. an eight hour difference now haven't we so it's, it's one hour more than that a nine hour difference that is right. that's right huge. depends on the if the if the times changed or not i think it changes a little bit differently um you know when they they spring forward and fall back uh, the time change but most of the year it's nine hours difference and and so she was you know waking up and we, we would we would chat while she was on her way to work 
and if we could, you know, we, we didn't get a, ch- a long opportunity to talk. And then oftentimes when, when she was going to bed, it kind of worked out where we were able to chat a little bit too. Um, so it was usually one of, one of the two of us was waking up. So you could, you can imagine how, how the conversations often went, you know, Oh, good morning. How are you doing? How's everything going? How, how's your day going so far? Mm. And, uh, she, she, a lot of our, unfortunately, a lot of the, the, the opportunity we had to, for, to talk, you know, like I said, it was in transit for her. She was either on her way back from, from work or on her, on her way back home. She, she lived with her parents and, and, um, the internet wasn't even that great when she was while she was there. So it was, I wish we had Zoom at the time. You know, yeah, Zoom that... would have been would have been very handy. But um, we skyped a little bit here and there. I got a chance to talk to her, to her family over the phone. Got a chance to to meet them and everything like that. And kind of just started making making uh, plans for for seeing one another in person again because that's that was that was our goal. Obviously, when you met her family for the first time, how how was that interaction? Because again, um, we've already spoken about you know the 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 visible difference. Obviously, you being a a guy five foot five, <laughs> she's six foot. You know, you're from totally different backgrounds. They they already know the story. How did they react to you? I, I should probably regress a little bit and and, uh, and go back to let me let me tell you what happened when we started dating, and we we also thought while we were there we. We let our families know that we were dating and, you know, we'd met somebody and everything like that. And I remember that she told me a story that I thought was pretty funny. So I'll share with you. She said that her brother, she's got two older brothers, uh, no no other siblings, just two older brothers. And uh, one of her brothers told her, he he says, hey, hey, you're not allowed to to meet anybody down there unless unless he's from California. If he's from California, if he's from Southern California, especially now, no, not. I'm not joking at all. He says, if you're if he's from Southern California, I'm all for it. I support you, but nowhere else. <laughs> so so, so why his, was that? Well, why was he so well, keen on Southern he, he, California? He had actually visited Southern California before, one of the few places in, in the States that he had visited, and he loved it. He loved – I think he was in like LA and he maybe visited part of Northern San Diego, and uh, he loved the beaches and the weather and the people. And he was just like, oh, yeah, I love it. And – we we laugh about it now because we we think back, you know, when he's thinking Southern California, when he's thinking California, he's probably thinking of you know six five, you know, well built, <laughs> suntan, bleached blonde hair, right, right. surfer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Little does he know that she followed his advice, but he didn't. He had to specify. He didn't specify. So. I'm five five, you know, and and I'll take every inch I can get if I can get a little bit of taller shoes. But I mean, I'm only five five, and I'm a little on the darker uh, skin side, so um, I'm definitely, no doubt, not what the, the family was expecting. But I'm sure he he got a little excited when he, when when she when she said, "Oh yeah, I followed your advice. I actually did meet somebody from from Southern California," <laughs> and um, no doubt it was a pr- pretty pretty funny when. And they got a chance to realize, you know, everything. But um, I have to admit that they were they were amazing. Yeah. Her entire family was extremely, extremely loving, uh, completely embraced me. Uh, it, I'm sure that they had their conversations about, you know, a little bit of awkwardness there with uh, is it going to be an issue with the height difference and everything like that. But they never let me know about it. They never let me feel like it was an issue. That's good. And at yeah. the end of the day. I think they appreciated the fact that we were upfront with the fact that we were 
fully aware that it was a height difference. We we saw the humor in it for sure. And we, I mean, we can't help but notice people kind of looking at us a little bit. But after a while, especially all those that know us, they don't even think about it because we just were, were so like perfect for each other in the way we, we, we interact, the way we, the way we are, we, nobody really thinks, Hey, do you know that couple that's, you know, that has a height difference? Mm. No, no. They just know us as Nathan and Kathy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so, it's the kind of thing you, you notice toward the beginning, isn't it? And and that's why I've yeah. obviously brought it up for people that don't know you, but because it is an interesting. And I don't mind. It doesn't the, bother me. It doesn't bother me. Mm. Yeah. It doesn't bother me that people notice it at first. Cause uh, I mean, what, what should I expect? That they don't notice it, you know. Of course, they're going to notice it. Everywhere we go, you know, especially if we're holding hands, you know, I I, I see people staring. You know, I gotta I gotta get one of those shirts that, that you know says something like I see you staring. You know, <laughs> no big deal, <laughs> no, no problem. You know, my, my eyes are up here. <laughs> no, that's fantastic. So, I mean, the, the thing is, that, let's be honest. At six foot, she's she's taller than most guys anyway. So. It's, it's always going to be that kind of situation where, you know, she could have easily fallen into that situation with someone else anyway. But yeah, it's uh, it's obviously emphasized a little bit more so. But then on the other hand, when people get to know you, like you said, um, they, they don't doubt why you're together because of, of the way that you interact. And I, I saw a bit of that myself, even in the early days, um, yeah. which was obviously a really uh, beautiful thing to see as well. You know, and it's, it's nice that I... For me, when I look back on it, I, I feel quite happy that I was there for part of your love story because I, I saw uh, you together and um, it, it was definitely a nice thing to see. Um, so now, you know, obviously fast forwarding to the um, the point where you were going to get engaged. Could you tell us when that happened and where and, and how did you plan that? So at that point, we had already visited each other a couple of times. Uh, she had come down to San Diego and spent about three weeks with me. Um, she went back home. I made plans, went out to visit her in Austria, meet her family and parents in, in person. And I actually did it. Uh, I was there for three months. I took a little work break and, and saved up and, and was there for three months. And to really get a chance to know her friends, her family, make sure they knew me well. They felt comfortable with me, who I was. And uh, we had already been dating for almost a year at that point when I did that. So I think her parents may have suspected that at that point we were already ready to kind of move to the next level as far as getting engaged. Mm -hmm. But um, but I didn't propose to her while I was there. I had thought about it. Um, I think she, maybe even she had expected it. But um, it was winter. It was in Austria. And it was uh, it was just not nothing where i could plan out with enough time yeah you want to do something i want to do something special for her you know mm -hmm. obviously you know everybody wants to do something special and everybody does you know what they want to do but um i really wanted to plan be able to plan something so i just kind of knew that probably my best bet was to plan something here in san diego uh for her next visit out we had already scheduled that for her so she was going to be visiting me um just about in like late april uh, of the following. So I was there for the winter and she was coming out in the spring. Um, so what happened was I, I don't speak German uh, or now I, I speak a little bit, but at the time I didn't speak any German, but um, with the help of her sister-in-law, I wrote out what I wanted to say to her father and uh, kind of, you know, said what um, wrote it all out, had it translated, made sure it sounded nice, walked up to him uh, one day when we were there 
and uh, all together and enjoying a nice meal. And I kind of took them to the side a little bit and I kind of read what I had, what I had uh, written out in German. And I think I got halfway through and he grabs me by the shoulders and he says, because he, he doesn't speak English much either. He just says, Nathan, yes, yes, it's okay. Yes, that was it. That's beautiful. And he just, you know, he 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 loved me. You know, he embraced me and uh, really appreciated the fact that I think he saw that I was uh, doing my best to take care of her, and I had every intention to uh, treat her the right way. So mm. he he was, you know, we're very close. Her and her parents and I and and uh, her her brothers and their wives. So really got a chance to, to to get really close. So I told him I wanted to to propose to her, but not there and then i wanted to propose to her when she came to visit me and it was really important to me important to me that uh that he was that they were okay with me proposing to her even though she was away from family mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i know that's not easy you know obviously the family wants to be there they want to celebrate and uh, i i knew that would be a little bit a little bit disappointing in a sense but um i i figured if i if i asked him and he said you know it, he didn't feel comfortable with it it was not a problem i was going to figure out a different way, different solution. Uh, but you now he said it was fine. He, he didn't mind. And uh, on the contingent that we, you know, made another trip planned to, to, to visit him there and celebrate with them as well. Of course. So I said, of course, of yeah. course, no, no problem. Yeah. So I ended up coming back to San Diego. Um, I think it was January and she knew she was coming to visit in April. So I had this nice, beautiful trip planned out for her where we were going to to go to, I wanted her to get a chance to see – she would already gotten to know my family a little bit, but I wanted her to see some of the sites, to get to know where I lived, right? So I took her to, to Yosemite, a national park uh, in Northern California. I went to San Francisco. We went to Napa Valley, uh, known for its, its wine, its beautiful vineyards and the different wineries, and got a chance to do that. But what we ended up doing was I planned the second – the first day she got here – as you know, traveling, time difference, it kills you, right? You, the jet lag, you it's difficult. You can mash up for days, let's be honest. For, for sure. So I didn't want to propose to her the day she got here. So I ended up planning to propose the third day she was here. And it was to give her a little bit of chance to get over some of that jet lag. I had this huge scavenger hunt throughout San Diego that I organized and I planned for her. And um, I got, you know... I know that nine times out of 10, um, the proposal is kind of the surprise. It's the, it's a little bit of like shock and awe and, and everything like that. I didn't really want to do that. So what I did was I planned out a long day for her to where she was, she knew at the end of the day she was getting proposed to. And at the beginning of the day, I basically let her know that it was a scavenger hunt. And at the end that that was going to be the case. Um, so she, the first, first thing I did, I gave her a, a little letter. I did it by means of little letters and notes. And the first letter gave her a gift card to a, um, to a nail salon here in San Diego, a really high-end nail salon where they kind of treat you with like a champagne and everything, the whole nine yards, so to speak. Mm. So she, she, she got that letter and I, you know, in the letter I said, Hey, you got to dress put your best dress on the one that i know you have packed away in that suitcase of yours and and get ready you're going to have your nails done you're going to get pampered 
because today's going to be a special day. And, uh, and yeah, so from there, she went to the nail salon, nail salon, uh, one of the, the, the employees there, they ended up giving her uh, the second note to go to the next destination. And she ended up going to about four or five different destinations until I had it timed. I had done a little dry run a couple of times. I had times where she was going to end up at the particular spot I proposed to, which was uh, La Jolla uh, Beach, mm. um, right there on the right, right just before sunset. And I had a photographer hired there to take the the shots and everything like that. I printed out most of our special moments that we were together on Polaroids, and I just had them lined up going down the the path to the beach. Right that's, there, yeah, that's and, uh, totally beautiful. She got a chance to enjoy walking down that path, seeing all the Polaroids of some of our best adventures up to that point. And when she got di- she got down there, you know, she saw me, and and I told her, you know, the best is yet to come. So yeah. I would love to to have her by my side for everything. Ah, that's and that's, I, that's absolutely uh, an amazing story. And <laughs> excuse the pun, but you quite literally nailed it. You know, it's, uh, it's, uh, you know, I love the idea of the high end, uh, nail salon and the scavenger hunt and, you know, the Polaroids, it's, it's a really romantic, uh, or, or set of romantic gestures that you did for her. And, and obviously she appreciated that, especially like you said, oh, yeah, she, she, she was it. away from her family as well. And, and that can be hard for, for a woman, um, you know, especially when they're close to their families, like she is, like you said, uh, you know, but, but obviously you were able to, to make up for that and so on. So obviously the, the engagement went to plan beautiful uh experience and now you had to come to the to the wedding now I, I was at the wedding myself in in vienna austria so how did you organize the logistics of that uh again you know her family are in austria so i, I suppose it was easier for them this time but then your whole family and your cohort from california had to then travel to europe to attend your wedding yeah. so how, how did you organize that you know Obviously, she had the German. They were living locally, so I, I imagine they did a lot of it. But how, how did that work from your side as well? Well, first off, what we had to decide was where we were going to live after the wedding. So that was kind of what was going to determine a lot of the planning involved. Um, we looked into a lot of the different um, pros and cons of either living in San Diego or living in Vienna. And uh, at the end of the day, just cost for cost reasons um, monetary reasons and and also the 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 difficulties of me being able to get a work visa there we ended up deciding and settling on on living in san diego so once we decided that we said okay it was it's only fair that if we're going to live in one place we're going to get married in the other so we decided to get married in vienna in order to to you know for her friends and family to get the most benefit out of that and uh, then we were going to move to San Diego. So about about four months or so before the wedding, I uh, I moved out there, and I got a chance to to be there leading up to the wedding. She had done a lot of the groundwork leading up to the wedding when it came to the planning and stuff. I could I did what I could, and I you know paid for whatever I needed to pay for from San Diego. But when I had that chance, I, I went went ahead and. And went out there and started helping her with all the planning and uh, getting everything ready. Uh, we were we were excited about it, but at the same time, it was it was challenging to to find everything that we were looking for. Um, it's 
a little more expensive, certainly, to get married out there. Mm-hmm. But it was at the end of the day, it was it was worth every penny to be able to to enjoy that time, uh, you know, getting married out there. And it was actually a really nice opportunity too for a lot of my friends and family, as you mentioned. You got a chance to be there. Uh, my, a lot of my family had never been to Europe, so it was their first trip. So they planned. Uh, you know, it was exciting for them to plan a Europe trip. They took advantage and they kind of visited a few different uh, cities and, and countries at the same on the same trip. And uh, yeah, we made our plans to to have everybody there, where everybody was going to stay, where everybody was going to you know be be staying for the wedding, and then and then we made our plans for our honeymoon, uh, which we ended up uh, planning and uh, went out and enjoyed. We went to Thailand, so oh, we beautiful. enjoyed that very much. Yeah, I like the way how you balanced it, you know, between, well, look, we're going to end up living in California, so let's have the, the wedding in Austria, you know, to benefit your people as well. And I, I do think that's a very important thing for people in, in long-distance relationships, you know, to to be careful that it's not too one-sided because, you, by definition, you can't live in both places. Um, you, exactly. Granted, some people can live six months here, six months there, or nine months and three months, but for the majority of people it will definitely end up being heavily, you know, based in one place over the other. And it's nice right. to to dignify the other person in whichever way you can, by, like you did by having the wedding in, in Austria. And, and I do think that's a, a really key point there. So obviously you decided then to live in California, which is obviously where you are now. I'm speaking to you from San Diego. Um, how did that process go of relocating her there? You know, how did she adapt? But also what, happened with the whole visa issues and the visa requirements because you know to get a green card to the united states of america can notoriously be quite difficult so how did all of that work could you speak us through that yeah we we planned it out pretty well we did a good job like i said she's very good at planning so i gotta you know gotta give her credit for most of that uh she was able to do a lot of the research and make sure that we were doing things the right way make sure that we um we did because we weren't getting married in the states. We didn't have to go through what a lot of couples have to go through, which is the three-month um, timeline where they ha- they they get approval and then they have to come out here to the United States and then get married within those three months. Ours worked a little bit differently. We were able to kind of almost not necessarily go around the back door, but like just skip that step, so to speak. So we got married and we went to on our honeymoon for two weeks. We came back. To, to to Vienna, we packed up all our bags and then we moved out and we came to the United States. And um, at that point, she was still coming. Her visa to travel was still good so, um, as far as being able to just visit the States as as an ordinary tourist. We we had to, I'm not, um, you know, suggesting anybody do it any certain way, but the way we did it was we, she came in like that um, and when we got in, we, we got into LAX, uh, Los Angeles International Airport, and uh, they, they, you know, they, they checked her, her visas. And at first, they actually brought, did bring her in to like secondary ex- inspection. And my heart dropped when that happened. And, and uh, I was worried about it because I was like, well, why are they doing this? You know, it ended up being because she had, she had already changed her name legally to my last name. And she got the passport and everything was good. Uh, but because we were side by side when we when we entered, they were not sure how we had done had we gone about the process. So they wanted to double check that her visa did allow her to enter the country legally, and um, everything was fine. We were there for 
for a little over an hour, probably an hour and a half waiting for her right there in the, in the inspection. But it ended up just being because of the amount of people that were there as opposed to any specific reason why she had to wait. Mm. So she finally got, got through and, you know, we were a little more relaxed at that point. We traveled down to San Diego and we just started working on all the paperwork that we needed to, to cover, crossing our T's, dotting our I's to make sure that everything was, was correct. And, and, you know, made sure we sent the right amount of money for everything. We had to go and, and make sure that her, all of her vaccinations were up to date. Uh, she had to do all her biometric um, scanning and make sure that her fingerprints were in, you know, the system, what, you know, what have you are everything that's just designed to, yeah. to make things complicated. We had to get through. So yeah, a lot of hoops to, uh, to jump through there. Yeah. That's what it is, you know? And, and at the end of the day, so she's, she had the first year they gave her a one year v, uh, green card visa to stay here and work. And as soon as she got it, she was able to work and everything like that. That came uh, about nine months into her living here. So as soon as we started the application, they told us you're good. You don't need to worry about time, any expirations as far as your time frame, your timeline. But um, you just had to be in the process. But once we were in the process, it, we were okay. At that, po- going, at that point going forward, we needed to make sure we submitted all the paperwork by the, the time frame they gave us to, co- to still continue to be in that process. In terms of the issue uh, of, of, of the visa as well, what many people listening might be wondering is basically the financial cost of, of, of the visa. I mean, how, how much are we talking? I think uh, we're, we're at about about $3,700 okay. uh, US, US dollars, US dollars. Okay. Okay. That, that we've spent so far on, on – just the different things that they've charged. I may be, I may be off, you know, give or take a couple hundred dollars, something like that. But I think that's about where we're at. And is that including lawyers as well? Uh, no, we didn't. Oh, we didn't go. Well, we didn't really require it. Some people do go to lawyers to kind of make sure that all the paperwork is straightened out. But like I said, I have a a, a very capable wife who was very good at at doing a lot of the research and stuff like that. With, with, with the Austrian mentality, yeah. She, with with the Austrian mentality, yeah. you know, she 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 absolutely and she was she was on top of everything. So um, she she did a great job of researching everything, making sure everything was good, and and we had no problems really. We we had the benefit of having a few friends that had kind of gone through the process not too long before, and we definitely um, conferred with them a little bit, talked to them, kind of had a good idea of what to expect from them and uh yeah we went about it and thankfully everything worked went worked well she at this point she's gotten her her you know her second one which is i think for 10 years i believe um and yeah we're good to go right now so she's got she's got a a green card she's able to work she's not she doesn't have citizenship uh at this time we're not really seeking citizenship for her uh, mostly because, um, unfortunately, Austria and the United States does not uh, allow for dual citizenship. I think it's Austria that doesn't. I'm not sure about the United States. The United States actually, I think, does, but Austria, I think, doesn't allow dual citizenship. And because of that, we didn't want to lose her Austrian citizenship or something to happen 
where for any reason, if she got sick or she needed to, to go back, I wanted her to have that opportunity and ability to be able to travel back and, and uh, get taken care of in Austria. Of As most of us know, the, the, the American medical system isn't, isn't the best it can be. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. it can be very so, expensive, can't it, for treatments and things like that? It can be very expensive. Yeah, insurances mm-hmm. are mm-hmm. difficult and and uh, complicated. And just figured it was wisest to 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 go that route, that yeah. course of action. No, it makes sense because I mean, who who knows? Uh, in the future, you might want to spend a year or two in Austria. I mean, it's, at least you've got that possibility yeah, there with with exactly her, with her citizenship and so on. So, you've been married for what about three years now? Is that right? Three and a half. Yep. Three and a half. And how was she? dealing with day-to-day life in uh, California. I mean, she's fully settled in, adapted to the culture. Yeah, she loves it out here. She loves uh she loves living in San Diego. And I mean, I don't I don't think I really have ever come across anybody who says they don't live love living in San Diego. Mm. I'm not uh I'm not being paid by the city of San Diego by any <laughs> means. But uh I mean, it's just a great place to to live. Yeah, it's, it's expensive. Mm-hmm. That's the the downside. It's mm-hmm. it's a little pricey. Mm-hmm. But if you can, if you can afford it, if you can find yourself in a nice living situation as we have at the moment, it's it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, the weather year round, as I mentioned, is great. Yeah. yeah. And um, I think one of the nice things too, one one of the reasons why we've enjoyed living here is we we are a little bit of a culturally diverse um, society here, and uh, it's it's not it's it's not strange for people to see us walking together hand in hand with our height difference. But in a way, whenever we take a trip to Austria, it, it still is. Yeah. It's still a little yeah, that, odd. That, that doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. You know, she, she comes from Vienna, which is a very diverse city, but she lived about 15, 20 minutes outside of, of the city itself. Uh, and even just that, that short distance, it already be- was, we noticed, you know, the stairs and kind of the odd looks and, I had a few people come up to me and harass me a little bit. Wow. You know? Wow. Yeah. I mean, I, I wasn't expecting to hear that, but I, I can totally understand in, in, a, in a place like uh, Austria or not just a single out Austria, but any smaller country, um, yeah, especially out from the main cities. And then, you know, you see, yeah, I, it's not hard to, to believe that those things can happen, but, uh, but overall your treatment there has been very good, hasn't it? Especially in Vienna itself. Oh yeah. I can't, I can't say nothing bad about, about Vienna. Vienna is a beautiful city. I would have, I would have been lucky to, to move there and live there. And I still tell my wife that if she, you know, wants to move there, I'd be all for it. I would love to, to experience it. Mm. I'm all for the the foreign cultures and the, you know, traveling and all that. I enjoyed the food there as well. Mm. I think, I think there's a lot. There's definitely a lot to to be offered there yeah no for sure and and but but so too in in san diego and I, I know myself when i've been to california i've noticed that even the people from places like san francisco actually holiday themselves down in san diego don't they they, they all flock down oh yeah down south because that even in that that distance on route one it, it makes quite a difference to the to the climate uh and san diego seems to just offer that you know that ever so slightly more chilled vibe Oh, absolutely. Um, let me talk to your audience here for a second. Everybody thinks that Los Angeles is the place to go. And now, granted, Los Angeles is awesome. It's a great city. Everybody loves it. But most of what people expect out of Los Angeles, they get in San Diego. 
because they go to Los Angeles thinking it's beautiful people, beautiful city, you know, you know, everywhere you go, beautiful restaurants, this and that. And they don't realize that it's, it's a, it's a busy city. It's, it's crazy traffic. You know, it's, there's a, unfortunately with every great and big city, there's a lot of ugliness too. There's a lot of, um, you know, unfortunately, poverty in certain areas and mm. things like that i've seen it for and, myself yeah in Los yeah, Angeles, you, you, yeah. Go, you go to venice beach for example mm. one of the tourist tourist spots and you see you know unfortunately there's sometimes there's just trash kind of in places that shouldn't be and and people visit los angeles and they think wow that's not what i really imagined and i and i'm i'm not in any way you know telling people not to visit la because los angeles is awesome and it's worth the visit but then people come down to San Diego and then they're like, oh, well, this is kind of more what I expected. Not much traffic. You go to the beach. It's just it's still it's beautiful. The beaches are beautiful. The weather is beautiful. It's about an hour and uh, 45 minutes drive down from from L.A. And, and we got everything, you know, you, you were you were hoping for in there, but um, without a lot of the bad i guess in a, in a sense yeah no that's 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 good for the audience to hear you know so anyone thinking about going to california listen to nathan and yeah. and, and go to, to san diego i know for myself I've, I've just been the once to to san diego and and i absolutely love this so i'm, I'm definitely looking forward to, to yeah make plans san francisco los angeles but don't forget san diego <laughs> you heard it from the man himself so on that point about returning to places i mean have you got any plans to return now with your wife kathy to dr well, my wife and I, we absolutely love to travel. Uh, we love to travel before and we love to travel now. We, we're, we're so excited about um, our plans to, to travel going forward. We have, in fact, we have a, a trip to Hawaii planned out for our fourth anniversary, which is coming up uh, in the fall. Um, we're, we're excited about that. And we do have some some plans uh, in the works about maybe going down to to some parts of the, the Caribbean, maybe South America, but at the moment, there's no plans to return to the Dominican Republic. And um, that's not for because we didn't love the Dominican Republic. We we adored every minute we were in the Dominican Republic. We both did. We both loved it. We loved everything about it. Unfortunately, uh, just before I, we, I left the Dominican Republic, there was a little incident where um, I had a, rented a car and I was doing – I was actually – giving my um kathy's roommate uh her boyfriend had had showed up and he was there in the dominican to, to tour around a little bit so i had rented a car picked them up from the airport and on the way back from the airport uh, a young guy on a motorcycle sideswiped me and he hit me on the side of the it was a big excursion that i had rented i don't know if uh, you're familiar with that car it's a ford excursion so it's a it's a very large suv Mm. And um, this guy on a motorcycle, unfortunately, 95% or so of the people driving the motorcycles and the mopeds and whatnot are not wearing helmets. And he wasn't. So he hit the, the, my, the, the car I was driving and, on the side of the car and tumbled over. And he, thankfully, he was fine. He had some scratches. Um, he wasn't going too fast. But uh, as is the case, I guess, with a lot of third world countries – uh, he, he saw me and he saw the three people that were with me and they're all obviously foreigners. They're not, we're not from there. Mm. And he saw an opportunity possibly. Of course, of and course. I don't, I don't want to speak for his, 
motivations or intentions, but it seemed as if they were not maybe the best because uh, he immediately got up and said, hey, you hit me. I was like, uh, I'm sorry, excuse me. Mm. I'm like, uh, I, well, I don't. If he, if he came don't, in from the side, you know, how did you uh, hit uh, And I had a large bump in the side of the car. I'm like, how, how do you, how did I hit you? <laughs> so uh, first off, you know, I, I, I went and checked, make sure he was okay. There was a hospital, you know, not too far from there. So I offered to, to give him a ride to the hospital if he needed it. But his bike was totaled. And he, he said, no, you hit me. And uh, I want you to give me a thousand dollars. Goodness, man. <laughs> that's what he told me. So I mean, how, and how I, did I, you deal with that situation? Well, it, at first, I kind of like to myself. I thought to myself, "This is ridiculous." You know, I see this guy; he hits me, and his bike's totaled. I don't know how what condition it was in before, but it was totaled after impact. And um, he here he is asking me for a thousand dollars. Says I need to fix my bike. I need to take care of these injuries. Give me a thousand dollars and and I'll walk and I'll walk away. And by this point, there was already quite a little crowd of of different uh, individuals there, kind of gathering beside us. And, and sure enough, I mean, all the all these Dominican guys, especially, they started saying, "Hey, you know, you know, nobody hits our one of our brethren and 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 you know doesn't take care of them, so to speak." So it turns out we we later kind of found out that it wasn't that uncommon. To, for little cons to kind of to to pop up, mm. it, it had never happened in the entire time I'd been there. But um, I think you know certain individuals don't always have the best motivations, and it seemed like this guy was just kind of out for the wrong reasons. Yeah, that's that day, it is, and it, for whatever reason, he he targeted me. But um, yeah, I told him you know I have insurance. It was a rented car. I had insurance, so I told him you know I'll I'll offer you a ride to the hospital. And maybe give you a hundred bucks so you can go, you know, get a you know ride to wherever you need to go, and hopefully get your bike started on some repairs. But I mean, I'm not gonna. And I was just doing that as a gesture of goodwill. I wasn't really doing it. I wasn't obligated in any way. But, but uh, he was like, "No, give me a thousand dollars, or I'm calling the cops." And I said, <laughs> I kind of just scoffed a little bit. I said, "Go ahead and call the cops." Well, yeah, of course. You know, well, what I, do I, I have to I worry? Said really, the same thing for sure. You know, so no, no problem. I wasn't, I wasn't concerned. You know, I'm not going to be intimidated by 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 somebody like that, and so I wasn't about to be, you know, duped or conned. And and this guy says, "Are you sure you want me to call the cops?" And I mean, little did I know at that point, kind of what I was getting into. But the cops come, and and I was shocked because the first thing the cop tells me is, "You know what happened?" I tell him he hit me, and he goes, "Uh huh, uh huh." And then he and then he and then he says, "Did he ask you for money?" And I said, "Yeah, in fact, he did. He asked me for a thousand dollars." And the cop looks at me and he goes, "Ah, oh, you should have given it to him." <laughs> Are you kidding me? The cop actually I couldn't said believe that to it. Me. The cops told me that. Yeah, it was two cops, and, he, and the one that was leading the investigation or whatever it was. He looks and he tells me that. He says, "You should have given it to me. I should have given it to him." And I told him why. You know, for what reason? And then he said, "Well, you you know you you got a lot of money. You're a foreigner." Yeah, and so then I st- you start to see a little bit of the motivation, of right? Of course, of course. Uh, what, what's what's going? What's really happening? And so I told him, "No, look, I'm here for." For, I'm doing some volunteer work. I'm here for humanitarian reasons. I'm not a wealthy necessarily individual in any way. Um, maybe from their perspective, they, they might feel like any tourist is better off than they are. Of course, which I can understand. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I'm not blaming them, and I'm not, you know, I'm not in any way shining a negative light towards towards Dominicans. I absolutely love uh, Dominicans and their culture and everything like that. 
but unfortunately it was just an ugly incident and a long story short he the i go the cops and they kind of made me they took my passport and they threatened to keep it unless i you know i go to the court i called the rental company they sent out their their lawyer for the the insurance and everything they sent out a lawyer who started arguing immediately my case and and said he was going to defend me and um i had this all happened about about a month before i was already scheduled to do that trip with my wife to go to new york so i was like okay this is kind of odd but whatever it is what it is and i'm getting out of here soon anyway well they they made me go to um go before a judge and kind of explain what was going on and, and the the young guy he doesn't even show up to our scheduled court date so i'm thinking okay that's easy they're going to drop the case well they said no no you know we 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 need to get paid too so we need you to come back again and and pay us and i was like oh man this is crazy so my i i told you know my the my lawyer and uh <laughs> I'm not sure if I, I should even be saying this, you know, but he tells me, hey, you know, if you got to take off, just don't tell anybody because they're going to try to grab your passport. They're going to try to to make sure they don't let, let go of your passport. So I'm not headed back to the DR at any point until I find out for sure that I'm not in any way a fugitive because <laughs> I left before <laughs> everything was said and done. Right. right. I left, you know, the, I guess technically I hadn't finished the the court appearances and everything like that. And uh, I wouldn't want to risk arriving and, and being arrested. And that you know, could actually happen spot. by the sounds of it. Well, that's what I was told. I mean, if you're to believe this story, that's what would happen. If I'm exactly, if I'm to believe it, that's what I was told. That's what what I what I could expect. But um, I'm sure it's as simple as you know calling up the 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 lawyer who was representing me, asking him if everything's all settled and taken care of. I'm sure it's really just a point of paying. So and so, this amount, taking make sure making sure it's done. But at the end of the day, I have no ties bringing me back to the Dominican Republic, and I'm I love to travel, so there's no reason for me to necessarily go back there. Feel obliged, exactly. Go yeah. go back there necessarily when I could very easily go to Belize or go to you know, you know, Grand Cayman, Saint Martin, wherever else it is. It may be that we want to maybe go and live for a little bit, whatever the case. So. Absolutely. So fi- final question on, on that point, three favorite places. Oh, you're really putting me on the spot. There. I'm putting you on the spot. I know we haven't planned for this, but uh, three favorite places. Well, I would definitely include Thailand, which is where we went on our honeymoon. Mm-hmm. We absolutely loved it. We're there for two weeks in a little town called Kaolak. And a little town that's known for, uh, unfortunately, it's uh, it's known for the fact that that was where the the tsunami hit hardest um, when the tsunami hit there in that region. And uh, it was it was a beautiful resort that we stayed in that had been redone. But um, it was kind of cool to be able to see some of the the museums and things that popped up. And and wow, what a beautiful people, uh, Thai people that were there. Really got it. We really enjoyed that one. So that was one. I would have to say, I would have to add Dominican Republic as another one because I just some of the, some of my best memories have been that. there. Obviously, yeah. meeting, meeting my wife. Mm-hmm. Anytime I look back at those pictures, you know, nothing but good memories. So, mm-hmm. you know, maybe except for that last little incident <laughs> that I was talking about. But yeah, yeah. Uh, 
Oh, definitely Dominican Republic. No, I'm happy you included the, the DR in, in, in one of your yeah. favorite places as well. Yeah. And, um, I mean, man, I love Barcelona. It's a beautiful city that I got a chance to visit. I uh, really enjoyed that. I really loved all throughout the Caribbean, everywhere I've been. I've got a chance to go to Ecuador one time. I loved, loved seeing that, seeing my roots a little bit, where I'm from. I still need to explore that a little further. But I, I, might, I might just say Grand Cayman. I have really good memories of going to the Grand Cayman. Okay. And you know, what, why is that? What, what was so special about beautiful it? Beautiful island. Beautiful island. Uh, very relaxed atmosphere. Um, I remember, you know, I was a little younger when I went, so maybe I'm looking at it through a, a little bit of a, a rosy colored glasses, but, um, uh, I'd have to say that I have fond memories of going and, and snorkeling my family. We went when I was about, I think about 13 and, uh, really just enjoyed our time. My whole family was intact. Unfortunately, time goes on and I lost you know, my grandmother who was on that trip and just, just looking back, I, I really appreciated it. Something that I know I talk about with my wife, you know, wanting to go back there. So I think I have to list that as one of the places that I really, I really loved. It's just so hard. You give me three, three places. I mean, it's not enough, I could right? name obviously <laughs> Vienna. Yeah. I love spending time there, visited a little town, uh-huh. not too far from there. Salzburg, beautiful, not really a little town, beautiful city, Salzburg. And no, I mean, just every, everywhere you turn, you know, there's Italy, places, aren't there, Tuscany. Well. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Yeah, this Ka- world is full of beautiful places to travel to. I couldn't agree more. And and Kathy will definitely be be happy that you uh, you included Vienna there <laughs> as one of your yeah. your favorite places. Well, yeah. I mean, Nathan, thanks thanks for your time, man. It's it's been an absolute pleasure uh, talking to you. I appreciate it very much. I'm I'm humbled that you asked me to join you, and, and I very much uh, look forward to to hopefully. Uh, joining you again one day soon absolutely no no that would be uh, completely awesome and actually maybe another time uh, i can interview you about your videography so uh, i'll definitely have you back for that well another episode and uh, another great love story uh, if you've enjoyed the show today please do share it with a family member or friend my guest today was nathan ponce from san diego california my name is nate ralph and you've been listening to the inquisitive tourist <laughs>